Listener Production. From geek cups to sippy cups, these boys fill them all. It's Matt and Alex All Day Breakfast. Headline here that I'm reading on news.com.au, Alex Dyson. Man goes to wrong Sydney after spectacular flight fail. Yikes. Where's the other Sydney? Well, there's a Sydney that's it's S-I-D-N-E-Y. It's in Montana, right? And um, this New York gentleman, Kingsley Burnett, 62, said Ooh. he saw a mountain covered in white snow as the plane flew over his destination, and that's when he knew he was in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> could could have been Cosy Osco, never know. Yeah, you, you know, there could have been a snow coming up from the south via Canberra. Um Perisher, that kind of thing. Yeah, but um, but yeah, he said when he when he got to the plane that he was then like, because he landed in this um other town in Billings, Montana, and then uh, they took him to a small Cape Air Jet, which is one of those like a couple of tiny propellers sort of planes. <laughs> They're like, this will take you to Sydney, and he's like, ah, uh, what? Take you to the biggest city in Australia, across the what, Pacific wait, Ocean. Did he, did he still get on the small plane? Nah, he actually he actually got <laughs> had to go home. Yeah, good. Uh, so he flew he flew out, mm. um, but he got a little bit of help from the uh, from the staff there, and he was able to get back to New York. Well, that, if you're flying from New York to Montana, I think the airfares themselves would be the biggest giveaway. It'd be a lot cheaper. <laughs> well, that's what you'd think. But some people haven't travelled, mate. Yeah. Some people haven't travelled, so they don't know. They probably just thought, oh, you know, 400 bucks to get to Sydney. Bajane, son. I remember back in the day, I think, talking to someone who tried to get to Melbourne, but there's a town in Florida named Melbourne, and they're like, sick, this is a great deal to fly home. <laughs> End up in Florida. Oh, well, I remember I was with a friend once and they were, we were sharing a cab and I got out at South Melbourne and they were going on to Middle Park. Mm-hmm. But they told the cab driver, oh, I'm just going to Mill, Middle Park. The cab driver thought they said Mill Park, it's a long which way. is a long <laughs> way away from Middle Park. Me and Tommy Ballard's first trip to Sydney to do radio. We told the cabbie, we have to just head into Parramatta. So they start going off some toll road from the airport <laughs> all the way out. It's like, yeah, it's Parramatta Road. Yeah. In um, Camperdown. <laughs> and the guy's like, what? How did you do some big Yui on some major arterial road? <laughs> oh, no. It's like an $80 taxi ride. Well, look, we will not take you to the wrong destination today. Mm. Thank you very much. You are here with Matt and Ellie's All Day Breakfast. And, uh, and I tell you what, we're actually going to be going to a, one of the scariest rooms in the world. That's something we'll be talking about today. Let's see it. Let's get into it. It's All Day Breakfast. This is just the start. Everyone ready? Let's get this show on the road. Let's go. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Matt and Alex's All Day Breakfast. Well, Alex Dyson, most parents would agree that often you find yourself just desperately wanting a little bit of peace and quiet. You know, the real disappointing thing about starting the sentence like this is you, it sounds like you could have said, do you think you'll ever have kids, Alex Dyson? Um, So (laughs) I am quite ashamed with you, Matthew. (laughs) No, I've got one of those. I've got one of those um, starters coming up later this week, so I didn't want to burn them all, uh, all right. too soon. No, I was reading an article about the uh, this Microsoft room. Right, there's a room in the Microsoft headquarters in Washington. It holds the Guinness World Record for guess what? Quietest room. How did you know that? Um, I think I saw it pop up recently in some headline. 
Well, it's, I it's, didn't click on the article because I am I am not a guppy who gets <laughs> suckered into these sort of things. But I've seen those rooms before where it's so silent that you go somewhat insane with your own thoughts and the blood <laughs> well, pumping through your own head. That's, that's what I was reading. So it was built in 2015. Okay, Guinness World Records, quietest place on the planet. Um, I can't say the word. Anechoic chamber. Anechoic. Mm. Um, and it's designed to perform ultra-sensitive tests, right? Oh. Um, or no, no, sorry, that's a lie. Ultra-sensitive tests of this room, mm. right, gave an average background noise reading of negative 20 decibels. <laughs> How can you have negative decibels? Well, that's this is the thing, right? So environments of which we think are as ultra-quiet yep. uh, are typically louder. So we're talking of, things like, I don't know, like just a, a bedroom at night. Uh, we're thinking things like a, a forest in a calm day. Like a um a Maddo kind comedy audience. Oh, like, I was are kind of... for it. <laughs> I tell you what, if you weren't gonna do it, I would. <laughs> oh, the great minds <laughs> thinking alike once again. And so, um, so that's like a typically like a this is what news.com.au says. Uh, Ultra quiet area is typically louder than the human hearing threshold, which is around zero decibels. Right? right. A library reading room, for instance, might might chalk up forty decibels. All right. But you're right, Alex Dyson. If you if there is no sound, you start hearing your blood, your heartbeat pumping, and then your bones and joints grinding. Oh. <laughs> Um, with no sound from the outside world, mm. all right, this is what news.com.au says, the total and utter silence will gradually turn into an unbearable ringing in your ears, after which you might lose your balance due to the lack of reverberation in the room. So you, so not only, not only are you completely depraved of sound, you're not even getting the rumblings of that sound bouncing off things that you're then throw. You don't even know how to stand up anymore. So hang on. We're kind of like bats in that we need a little bit of this echo and bouncing to figure out where we are. I feel like there was a video I saw where um, people talking about when you're in a plane that's going through turbulence, it's more like the plane is stuck in a wobbling cup of jelly, right? Like you're, you're sort of more mm. Sustained within air from pressure, etc., than you think, mm -hmm. and maybe that's what's happening with sound right now. It's really, it's really holding us up. Damn. We are in, we are in audio jello. Mm, a little, a little bat dog. <laughs> a bat dog. <laughs> so, um, apparently, people can't, they can't handle it. It would be pretty freaky because there's like, it's not just like a couple of egg cartons sort of things on the wall. There's these like massive foam crevices, which take any sound into it and dissipate it into nothing. And so, yeah, you're just sort of stuck in this room. So there you go. I mean, if you ever, um, I was going to say, I was going to say, if you ever need just a break from the kids, just duck into Microsoft headquarters and... <laughs> Well, that's the thing. I did, isn't there? If you go back during Matt and Alex's podcast, they, we do have a podcast, which is a silent podcast. I forget why we did it. I am pretty sure at like the 17 minute mark or like that 24 minute mark or something, there is a coin dropping and that's the only sound in about 30 minutes a pod. I got to tell you, if you're listening to the Matt and Alex all day breakfast silent episode the whole way through, you've already lost your mind. Okay. So you don't need the Microsoft headquarters room. I really thought I could do it for more than an hour. I don't think I would get it. <laughs> Bron, you I... can do it. You're one of these bros who goes, yeah, I could win, I could win a point off Serena Williams. <laughs> <laughs> I really didn't 
think it would be that hard. Like I I'm- fully, I I am so in agreement with you, Bron. Like I am. Like I mean, you. I've mentioned it several times. I'm good at everything, and that yeah. includes being in completely silent, echoless chambers yep. that d- drive people to the, you know, to the brink. No, yeah. you'd be. You'd have some sound on all the time, mate. You'd put be putting the new Stormzy set in your ears <laughs> as you're walking along. You've got a kid screaming, <laughs> constantly thinking of stuff, watching a movie on TikTok. You would be able to handle. Forty seconds of silence, mate. What are you on about? An hour in the quietest room in the world. What happens if you like sing and stuff in that? Like, does yeah. it does it just disappear or does it sound really loud? Probably sounds really loud in your own head. Like you couldn't hear it coming back, and that's why I would send you pretty insane. You'd feel so disorientated. My singing really loud in my own head. <laughs> uh, heaven, is that you calling? <laughs> Disorientated thought he has gone to paradise. <laughs> what did you think would be super easy? What it, what were you cocky about? And you just thought, oh, yeah, no, I could do that. With me, it was breaking the world record of eating for Ray Rochers in one minute. And I did. Well, it's, yeah, I mean, which is pretty incredible. But, I mean, it's like that, it is like that Wheat Bix challenge. When you hear that, you know, you have to eat the Wheat Bix in one, go, like with no water. And you think, mm. I, of course I can do that. Yep. Of course I can do that. Like when I went to the Croyt Irish Festival, just down to little Guinness there. And so they said, all right, anyone who wants to join the potato peeling competition, up you go. And I thought, I'm going to nail this. Um, went up there and guess what? I did. I won the potato peeling competition. <laughs> You've got the brief wrong, dude. You've just talked about how you thought things were going to be difficult and you smashed them. We're talking about the exact opposite, bro. I got the realistic idea of what what my capabilities are, and I know I wouldn't be able to handle a silent room that sends you crazy with its <laughs> lack of sound. So, Alex Dyson, we asked you, what supposedly hard thing do you assume would be really easy? And you, listening, uh, got in touch with us on at matt.n.alex and gave us some replies. Hannah, I fully believe that I could figure out how to ski in an hour. Um, oh, I reckon I could do that too. I reckon, I reckon you could. Skiing is, it, it's hard to master, but it's relatively easy to get the basics, particularly if you're on the lower slopes and that kind of thing. I'd do that. Snowboarding, not sure. I haven't tried it. Well, I can snowboard, so I feel like that was, and by can, I mean I went once. <laughs> um, when I was 16. Mig said, Mig said, I believe learning to code would be super easy. Oh. Okay, that, I think. I think professional coders still find it very hard. <laughs> They look for Mate, their bugs in a single thing wrong. Yeah, One missed slash or one minus sign that's not there or something. And it's game over, bruv. Uh, Kian, I always think I'd be able to take on a lion or tiger. <laughs> one I can't even take on this stand behind me. Oh, look. laughed so hard he pushed <laughs> his chair back into the listener stand and almost knocked over the banner. Oh, mate. Um, Oh my God. I so, I so understand you. As if you could take on a lion or a tiger, (laughs) you would get absolutely destroyed, (laughs) Kian. Absolutely. What are you going to do? No, honestly, what would you do? I don't know. I just feel like, I feel like if, as it came towards me, I could just land one good punch. (laughs) Just (laughs) Just to its jaw. Clip it on the jaw so that, you know, it had a little brain shake and then out it goes. Good oh night. God, you people are absolute <laughs> cookers. Um, L said, outrunning a crocodile feels like it would be easy. 
Yeah, the old crocodile hasn't survived literally millions of years because it's so good at eating stuff. (laughs) You do the zigzag, don't you? Isn't that a trick? You've got a zigzag. Even when it got to you, I feel like I could just jump. And it would like just run underneath me. You know what I mean? Like I jump with my legs apart. Well, like you're playing the old Mario and there's a shell coming. You try to jump over it. Oh, no. Um, Ali said the uneven bars in gymnastics looks heaps easy. I wouldn't say heaps easy. You wouldn't get as hurt as a lion or a crocodile, I think, Ali. I think you're on a better path there. And Joan got in touch and said, nailing a plank call seems super easy. (laughs) Yeah, that's because you know what's going on. You know, you know the word. It makes it makes perfect sense all our clues. But for these poor poor listeners who get the random call while they're at work at the shop, two idiots yelling at them. Go go go! Just, yeah. yeah, that's very easy. Yeah, that's that's rough, Joan. All right, we're gonna maybe Joan will try and test you one day. But look, thank you very much for that. And good news, actually, Matt, because we don't have to speculate anymore whether the room would be easy. The silent room that you reckon you could you could basically live in. We actually uh, have someone who has been to the world's quietest room. So are we delusional in thinking, you and I, Bron, that we could, you know, last a year in this joint? Or uh, is it as bad as it sounds? Let's find out. Up next is Matt and Alex, All Day Breakfast. Well, as promised, Alex Dyson, before the break, we were talking about the world's quietest room, and we mentioned that we knew someone who had stepped inside this daunting chamber of horror. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going a bit too far now. (laughs) He is Nick Healy. Hello, Nick. Hello. I've got to admit, when you got in touch and said, was this true? Were you making it up? Were you just having a laugh on Twitter? Um, I remembered it was real, but you put me into some kind of forensic memory <laughs> where I had to try and track back exactly when it was. And I have worked it out through various bits and pieces. 2008, so well before I got into radio, I was a magazine editor. And um, just for my sins, for some reason, I was editing the official Windows magazine, which was every bit as exciting as you can imagine. <laughs> wow, the Windows and, um, mag. Oh, my God. What? what? Did it have oh, like no. the uh, a centerfold of a big Intel Pentium 2? <laughs> <laughs> I think it was just the desktop. Yeah. Every time you opened the centerfold, it was just that and, desktop. And so oh, what yeah. sort of stuff was in it? Was it like little like, you know, top five shortcuts that will, you know, make you go wow? Yes. Yes, it was top five shortcuts. It was, you know, how to get started with this particular program. You know, you're looking to chat. Think about what 2008 internet was like. It was the kind of magazine you'd subscribe your mom to so they could leave you alone for half an hour on weekend. Did it, um, did, did Windows Mag have a sealed section? <laughs> you laugh, but I think we watched in a sealed section on tutorials so that people would be tempted to buy it. it I don't know if either of you have had to try and sell magazines and news agents before. It's not an easy task. Just, it's all, That's why there's barely any there anymore. All just the hottest info about those <laughs> yeah. floppy dri- No, what is it? Just, but all about those disk drives and floppy disks. Well, look, to give you an idea of just how exciting it was, back in 2008, Microsoft had launched the Surface 
table, That's not the Surface right. laptop, not the Surface tablet, the table, the giant touchscreen boardroom table. Oh, and so wow. I was in Redmond, I was at Microsoft campus, and I was not looking at that. We weren't meant to look at that. It wasn't working. We couldn't talk about it. I was there to look at some mice. <laughs> some the new computer mice, the right click, left click. <laughs> They'd flown me to Seattle to look at some computer mice. <laughs> and so that took about 20 minutes of my day. And then they were at a bit of a loss about what we were going to do. You've there. come all this so way. Like, oh, would you like to look at the anechoic chamber? And I was like, well, what the hell is an anechoic chamber? I've never even heard these words before. And so they usher me in. And honestly, I... I didn't know what I was going to expect, and I'm, I'm going to describe it in ways that sound completely like hyperbole, but just bear with me a bit, because I remember even the floor being a bit spongy, and it was this odd shape, and the striations on the walls, the sound baffles, and it was all a bit, okay, this is all right, and then they shut the door, and it was like something had been cut off. I mean, obviously, sound had been cut off, but it felt like something internal had been cut <laughs> off from me. It's like the scene in the movie um, where it, it just goes to the uh, perspective of someone who's living with deafness and suddenly oh. all the silence has gone in the movies. It felt like that. And so instantly there was just this absence of sound, a literal anechoia. Mm. And then, and then I started to hear noise. And I realised after a bit of experimentation it was the blood rushing through my ears. I was hearing my own blood <laughs> move, which is not an experience I recommend. Like, you know, you hold dirty little endocrine secrets yeah. and everything like that. They're not meant to be audible. You're not meant to actually hear it going on. So it was like being deaf and having hyperacusia at exactly the same time. And I actually started to get a bit dizzy. Yeah. Like I thought I might fall over. That's that's what we read. We <laughs> that's said literally it literally what it says. I was thinking, with, how is that possible? Matt's reckoned, no, like, I could last more than an hour. Well, that's easy. Yeah. <laughs> I might have been five minutes, if, like maybe at most. And the guy saw me looking a bit peaky. And he's like, we've had to clean up Steve from this room before. We're just gonna open the door for you. <laughs> oh, so you took five minutes and they opened the door because you were getting a little bit queasy. Yeah. I was getting a little bit green, a little bit crazy, a little bit unwell. When you were like that and you couldn't hear anything, did you try and create noise? Like I, if I was in there, I think I'd go a little like, yep, yep, <laughs> you know, try and say something. You know, I, I don't actually remember if I did. Mm. And part of it was, you know, best behavior, not trying to tick off Microsoft mm -hmm. or anything like that. But also there was something already there that felt like that would be futile. Mm. Like when you move, you don't really hear things. You know, someone kind of, walking around you, just making sure that you're doing okay. There's this absence of silence as they're going around. You scratch around. your arm or something is like. But nothing yeah, would happen. So it's exactly like that. Oh, God, that's so weird. And now I have to go. <laughs> I have to go. I have to try this. My favourite bit is after I tweeted it, I, I kind of ignored that comment for a little bit. And I came back and people were like, I can last an hour. I can do it. No issue here at all. And I'm like, I get it. I get it. I, I've got this weird theory that I could take a plane crash. I, I don't know why. <laughs> I, know. I just decided I, know. I can absolutely survive yeah, a plane I crash. I could better than anyone be else. survivor as well. I don't know yeah. why. Yeah, I'm like, I'd be fine. I'd be the one guy who gets thrown cleaner or something like that. Yeah. Door would burst open. I'd step out of a burning plane. So I get these unrealistic expectations of yourself. But you cannot last an hour. You know? I, I do not believe it. Full kudos to the bloke who said, tell you what, I'd be yanking and cranking in the corner. They'd have to drag me out. And I'm like, okay. You do you, buddy. That's good. That's what's going to turn you on. Have a great well, time. Well, probably a way to get but the blood why? out of the ears and somewhere else, I'd say. Oh, yeah, <laughs> 
Imagine hearing an erection, though. You'd hear the blood get to the end of it. Oh no! And then oh, if no, you got to the contemplate that. if you got into the actual end of that, you'd hear everything, you know, on its journey from mm. A to B. So, anyways, I wish I'd never mentioned. This. I know, I know. <laughs> um, well, look, okay. I am so glad you said that because Bron and I were both convinced we'd be fine. And Alex is a little bit more real. And the fact that you just so just happened to see your tweet straight after that was perfecto. So thank you very much, Nick, for sharing that experience with us. Oh, thanks for the PTSD. I really appreciate it. Not a problem. We'll catch you later. Looking forward to the March edition of Windows Mag coming out on a magazine stand near you. Thanks very much, Nick. We'll catch you later. See ya. This break could be over before it even starts, you know. <laughs> oh, my God. Won't get out of first gear, you reckon? No, I don't know if it will. And then mainly because... Are we going to be, like... be raided by, like, the defamation police? Just like, go, go, go! <laughs> I know that you were wanting me to spill the tea on Ruby Rose and the Veronicas, Alex Dyson. I was What's just reading... them? Well, I was just reading an article. Apparently, Ruby's got a book coming out, and she posted something on her Instagram saying... Well, well, I'll tell you the exact words they said, actually. Um, They said... Um, Is Link, the All Day Breakfast editor, going to have to bleep out all these words, rendering it useless for our listener base? No, 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 no. So Ruby Rose said, the truth, it will piss a lot of people off, but maybe you should have been better. Excited to be free, excited to tell the truth. On the sisters, your first, how horrific you were. So a lot of speculations that that is about um, the Veronicas. Matt O'Kine just got his chopsticks out ready to dip into the bit of that beef. (laughs) (laughs) Well, apparently... I I could see your nose just right over the broth, just taking a big... (laughs) Well, apparently (sighs) Jess, Jess from the Veronicas posted a photo of herself kissing a new partner, US musician Kai Carlton. Um, This is a little while ago. They've since split. Oh. And uh, Ruby, Ruby said, congratulations. Well, it's, a bit, it's a little bit like your break here, over before it began. <laughs> well, but Ruby said, congratulations, so happy for both of you, underneath it, at the time. And then Jess came back with a bit of, at Ruby Rose, I've requested you not contact me for over four months now. You've been given my grace of being ignored on every other private platform, so the fact you continued to ignore this to contact me here publicly under the guise of wishing me well is continued harassment. Then Ruby said... That is news to me. Copy that. Good vibes only. Ooh. So something's happened. Oh, boy. Yeah. But anyways, that's just, I was reading that. I didn't plan on talking about that because that's not my drama. That's what other people are going through and I wish them all the best. And what I wanted to talk about was something quite serious. Is it, please tell me it's hashtag good vibes only. <laughs> please. Well, no, well, I just want to know what this, like, I feel a little bit embarrassed just asking publicly this, but I feel like it needs to know. What's the difference between a voice and a treaty? Oh, voice and a treaty. Do you know what, do you know, yeah, you know what I'm talking about? I, but I, I don't, certainly do. Well, I don't know. I'm like, cause, and then why did Lydia Thorpe retire a couple of days ago? And why did she now... Why are people angry that, well, some people are angry that now she's in the job for five years or something? 
Aren't elections yeah. every four years? I think senators do six-year terms. So every second election they oh. go through. So new senators come in every election, but it's usually approximately half get turfed every three years and then the rest go for their full six. Okay. So I think people are like, well, you ran on the Greens ticket. You're a Greens thing. People could have just voted for the Greens above the line. They get Lydia Thorpe, who, as you correctly mentioned, Matt, recently has stepped down, stepped away from the Greens, will be now be on the crossbench alongside Jackie Lambie and David Pocock. Um, but some people are like, well, people voted Greens. They expected a Greens person in the Senate. Now you're an independent. That's a little bit different. Right. Nothing against what she did, though. It's, it's legal. It is legal. And it's happened before. Craig Kelly, we're in lower house here, but it has happened all over the time. He was liberal, went to join the Clive Palmer United Australia Party. You know, and they're like, well, we voted liberal and now we've got this guy who's who's in the yellow shirts now. Like, what's it? Yes. So it's, it's a bit of the quirks of the thing. When it comes to the voice. But wait, can I just say something, by the way? Yeah. You know, I have been going fishing with my dad for 30 years of my life. Mm -hmm. And every single time I go fishing, I look at the fishing line, I look at the little hook, and I'm like, can you just... Do this for me. I don't know how to do this. That's like and me that with is my how dad I feel. Tiger trailer. <laughs> every that is how I feel every single time you talk about lower houses and higher houses. Like every time I'm like, oh, I know that someone's explained this to me before, but I just ca cannot go into my head. Upper house, red, senate, lower house, green, house I, of reps. I, literally means nothing to me. I don't <laughs> I do not even understand still. Like I don't but anyways. All right. I'll leave that to another day. So what's going on with the voice versus the treaty? Well, the voice is something that has been um, brought about over a lot of discussions because I think you'll remember the famous referendum in the 60s, okay, in which Indigenous Australians, First Nation Australians were mentioned in there where the government could make separate laws to them. It was somewhat discriminatory in the Australian constitution, all right? Mm -hmm. Now, this is my best layman explanation um, okay. of a lot I learned reading the incredible book everything you need to know about the Uluru Statement from the Heart. <laughs> okay, if you're interested. Yep. I, <laughs> I got that because I was running for Parliament and one of the first questions I got was, what are your thoughts on the Uluru Statement from the Heart? And I didn't have a really good answer to that. <laughs> so what <laughs> I did was I went and educated myself. <laughs> so That's Queen, okay. So in the 60s had a big referendum in order to remove that discriminatory language in the Australian Constitution, right? Mm. That happened. Australia's overwhelmingly came out and supported... Aboriginal First Nations, Torres Strait Islanders in uh, droves voted it that we could get rid of those mentions um, that really acted against First Nations Australians, right? So mm -hmm. that was great. Really great vibes going around. Problem being was now that those things were removed, Australian Constitution didn't have any reference to Indigenous Australians in it at all. Okay. So there, there were problems, I guess, with the with it from there. And so they've been trying to come up with a way to help, um, yeah, help Aboriginal Torres Strait Islanders from there. There's been so many different campaigns. There's been so many different suggestions. And the uh, Uluru Statement from the Heart was this big conference, which got a lot of stakeholders, First Nations Australians from all different countries, all different lands um, around Australia. They had a big conversation and what they came up with is the thing most people wanted the most was a voice to parliament who can have a say on issues that directly affect First Nations Australians. So if, mm. Australia, if the government's coming up with a law that says, you know, 
we're going to be doing this instead of just saying we're doing it because there's um there are more Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders in the in politics than there used to be. There's still not that many. So an actual mm. council that could have a say in that that was enshrined in the constitution is something that they said. All right, that's a good step towards helping with the issues on the ground and reconciliation and being felt like you were being heard. Yeah. Um, okay. So they put out the Uluru Strait from the heart. That's what it said. It's been coming in. And that's what we're going to vote on this year as this thing, this voice to parliament. In the, constitu- in the constitution, it'll say there will be a voice to parliament. Okay. Yeah. When it comes to the detail in the legislation, which is a bit more of the ambiguous thing, that'll be worked out by the governments of the day at the time, but they have to have one. Because it's in the constitution, you can't not have a voice okay. of Aboriginal Australians. Yeah. Um, so whether they choose to ignore it as they've ignored First Nations people for many years, I mean, I'm sure politicians still will will do that. <laughs> yeah, but if it's just uh, like anything, with a voice when you... there, yeah, they can say, "Look, we told you the pressure will be ramped up, and yep. hopefully, better decisions will be made by consulting, you know, this body. Okay, this voice. Um, nothing." About us, without us. I bought a shirt with that on the back of it the other day down at um, mm. Share the Spirit Festival on, t- on Jan 26. So the problem that Lydia Thorpe sees, which from my reading, constitutional experts, um, other First Nations people, they don't see this as a problem. But one of the things a lot of people say is sovereignty never ceded. Okay? Mm-hmm. So when... The Brits came over. <laughs> yeah. They built everything. They did that. But at no point did First Nations Australia go, okay, yeah, it's your land now. Okay. They've sure. never said that. And she's worried that by having a voice before you've had a treaty, which is, I guess, a legal agreement where it's like, okay, we'll let you, but here are our demands. And we've never, you know, it's it's a bit more of a, a legal structure rather than a bit more of a advisory body. Okay. And she reckons there should be one of those before a voice. I think the Greens, by the sounds of things, given that she's lead, leaving, might be leaning towards supporting this voice to make sure it gets in there. But it sounds like a lot of the experts, and I've talked to First Nations Australians who reckon a treaty is just, you know, signing up to colonial laws and that kind of thing and having that sort of agreement. So there's a yeah. lot of different stakeholders, a lot of different voices. The thing about the voice is, from reading this book, it is the thing that most people agreed on is what they wanted, and it's cool to have that looking like it might happen after many years of different campaigns of recognize and, you know, various mm. things over the years. So that's my best explanation, a Laban, white kid from Warnable's explanation of, um, of what's happening in that space, Matt O'Kine. Well, that is a really great example of how we work well together, Alex Tyson. <laughs> because I can give you all the goss. <laughs> and you can tell me actually important stuff. So you can there tell we me go. Veronica's versus Ruby Rose, <laughs> and I can tell you Lydia Thorpe versus Greens versus yeah. the, the things. Everybody wants to be a pickle jar hero. That brings us to the end of another Matt and Alex All Day Breakfast. Hope you had a good one, and we'll catch you again tomorrow. Bye bye. That's it. The all-day breakfast kitchen is closed. Got something to add to the show? Slide into our DMs at matt.and.alex.